0: Thirty-seven of the Iron City Rocks Podcast. I'm your host, John. Episode 137, we're going to take the opportunity to look back at the year 2011 as it was in hard rock, blues, and metal. We're going to visit with some of the very special guests we've had along the way this year and take a look at some of my personal picks for albums and songs this year. So, We're going to start off with an interview we did way back early in the year with drummer of Motorhead, Mickey D. We're going to play a little bit of the interview. If you want to check out any of these interviews in their entirety, go to ironcityrocks.com forward slash podcast and look for the episode by the artist and you can listen to the entire conversation. But this is just something to kind of look back on memory lane.
1: Hi there boys and girls, this is Mickey D speaking uh, from Motorhead. And, uh, Right now we're doing touring Canada and right now you are listening to Iron uh, City Rocks. So stay tuned and hopefully we we'll see you on the road or catch on your album, The World Is Yours.
0: Yeah, does it make it any more or less difficult being a three-piece band?
1: Yes, uh, of course it does because you get to, um, it's really, that, that's the hardest thing I, I usually say with, with, Writing songs and then performing them is that, that as a three piece, you have to really, really read and feel the music, uh, before so you know what to, what to play on there. You can overplay it. I, I say I can overplay every song here or I can underplay every song. It's, it's a fine line what to, how I arrange my drums so it fits the music. And I have to fill up certain empty gaps with maybe a little more, uh, certain type of drumming just to, to make it sound right and, and, and back off on, on some other occasions, you know. So it, it, it takes a little bit more planning and, 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 uh, you know, just a nice feel to it. So, so it sounds just right, you know. Mm-hmm. You can cover up a little easier behind more musicians.
0: Sure, yeah, and you can't just be a metronome back there. You guys um, got a new album actually going to be released in the United States tomorrow, The World is Yours, um, and you yeah. you went back into the studio with Cameron Webb again, who's yeah. been with you guys for quite a number of albums. Um, is there something special about Cameron that you guys continue to go back with him?
1: Yeah, I definitely think so. I think the last four albums we've done now kind of go a little bit hand in hand and, and took us three to different levels. It took a little turn, if you will, uh, which I think was was just very healthy for the band and and for ourselves, you know, and, and Cameron is such a good guy, you know, a good producer, it's, again, we can't, this band can't just have a guy come in and say, I know, I mean, we had had these guys before that, that shows up and say, I know exactly how you guys are supposed to sound, and I'm gonna get you this and that, and, and we just go goodbye. <laughs> it yeah. just ain't working. This, but Cameron, he's got a good good feel. He he can come in and and help us out uh, from the outside, and he's not too much, and and he's definitely you know helping us, mm-hmm. but in a good way. He knows that we know what we're doing, and and he's just adding to that. You know? Sure. What's up, everybody? This is Max Cavalera, Soulfly, Cavalera, Conspiracy. You're listening to Iron
2: City Rocks.
0: How's the uh, tour going thus far?
2: It's going great, man. It's, uh, this is the fourth show of the tour. Uh, we finished California. We had like, awesome, awesome shows in California. There was a lot of people. Great shows. Great reaction from the crowd. People seem to really love your stuff, and we've been playing a lot of the... New things from blood, force, drama. So it's been great. It's really, really fun to be on tour again. What's up, everybody? This is Sully Erna, and you are tuned into Iron City Rock.
1: Can I just back up, up to your roots? You grew up in Massachusetts. Did you take to the guitar
0: or the drums first? because I mean, you're very accomplished as, you know, kind of multi instrumentalist.
2: Um. Well, the first, you know, instrument I've played is the drums. I've been playing the drums since I was three years old. So I have, you know, 40 years into that. Um, oh, my God, that makes me sound so old. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anytime um, you have to yeah, you know, seriously, my dad's a musician, and uh, I found out my great uncle from Sicily was a famous composer back in the early 1900s. So my music bloodline goes way back. And uh, I've always just been a musician. Um, you know, it wasn't until my early teens uh, that I started to want to be, you know, a rock star in a band like... That kind of thing, but um, music has always been a part of my life and in um, uh, you know guitar and piano and harmonica and things like that came to me a little bit later. Um, you know when I was in my twenties late twenties I started well actually probably early twenties, I started noodling around on some piano stuff, just like electric pianos and things like that, and just figuring out. You know how to play the thing and everything I've done has pretty much been self-taught, you know, but then through some friends, um, you know, who are more schooled in those instruments and stuff, they would show me new chords and things like that. And then I would just start figuring out how to play songs like Dream On and whatever. And so I started building a more of a relationship with the piano and things like that, which now is one of my favorite instruments. Um, but yeah, you know, guitar and, and, and anything else I play really is just kind of something I picked up and I use like a tool in my toolbox when I write a song, you know, I'm not, I'm not a great guitar player. I'm not a great pianist. Um, I don't even consider myself a great vocalist. Uh, I just have these things that I utilize when I need them to write a song. And I, I really consider myself more of like a, a a ranger and a composer than I, than I even do like, um, you know, some kind of world-class musician. Where the people in my solo band, I, I really feel, you know, it's a whole different situation with them because, you know, my cellist is from Bulgaria. She's classically trained, as is my keyboard player. Um, you know, one of my percussionists now, Gregory, he's from uh, Ireland um, and is versed in Celtic drumming and Brazilian drumming and all different kinds of styles. So, you know, with the exception of drums, um, everything else was just kind of self-taught for me. Um okay. so yeah, it's you know, it's just one of those things, being a musician, you know, I love playing music, so it's good for me to kind of broaden my horizons. This is Ross
3: Valerie of Journey and you are listening to Iron City Rocks.
0: Um, one kind of final question that I'm sure kind of nags at a lot of fans of Journey. Uh, you guys have sold you know, somewhere in the ballpark of 75 million albums, but there's a certain uh, venue in Cleveland called the Hall of Fame that seems to yet to open open its doors. Um, Any thoughts on that? Any particular?
3: And I have cynical and let's say very disappointed thoughts about the uh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Cleveland. Uh, It appears that their format their policy for inducting and placing on um, the roster of great bands is, I don't know, politically based. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what it is, but um, it's been decades. <laughs> it's been, it's probably we were eligible the, the, the moment that that institution was created, and for yeah. some reason. We're not there yet. I don't know why. And uh, it's just, it's it's a mystery. But then again, that's, I guess, just the way of the world.
0: All right, this is John, and we're looking back at the year 2011, as it was shown to you by Iron City Rocks. Uh, I want to thank, uh, again, Ross Valerie of Journey, Sully Ernie of Godsmack, Max Cavalera of uh, Soulfly, and formerly of Sepultura. And Mickey D of Motorhead, uh, who you've heard so far. If you're interested in any of those interviews, head over to ironcityrocks.com. Follow us on Facebook if you like. Uh, And I'm going to give you my pick for both the rock album and the rock song of the year. Um, Actually, the very first listen to this, album i had known right away that it was going to be a more rock album pick of the year it's a band i've loved for probably 20 some years uh they've never disappointed me uh hard times and nursery rhymes from social distortion so we're going to play a track from them and then the single from the rock category in my opinion monster you made from pop evil who were cool enough to join us on an episode earlier this year uh so i'm gonna play some social distortion and some pop evil for you.
3: Iron City Rock,
4: check it out. Take a good look at me now. Do you still recognize me? Am I so different inside? This world is trying to change me, and I admit I don't want to change with it. And I. It meant I can't go on like this anymore Erase this I'm better alone now See, I'm torn from my mistakes And I stop believing that I Could ever make things change How much can I take When I know that it hurts you How long can I wait When I can't go on like this need. Look at me now.
3: Piercy, from Rat. you're listening to Iron City Rocks. You know, a lot of people really don't know I've been a guitar player first and foremost. Yeah. I actually just stumbled into the singing thing, and it's an interesting story, which I'm sure I'll dabble in this book thing. Um, So I'm actually playing more guitar on this record than any of my solo records. I mean, I've actually played guitar on uh, some Rat records, but... I primarily leave it up to them. But this record in particular, Sucker Punch, I'm doing like 100% guitars and just bringing in solos, guys for solos and stuff. Because mm-hmm. I hear it a certain way, and the only person who can play it that way is me.
0: Sure. Now you like even back in the early early days of Rat, I know your your name is pretty much credited on 99% of Rat's material. Did you do a lot of the riff writing there as well?
3: Oh yeah, of course, sure. Songs like Give It All, In Your Direction, Back mm-hmm. For More, um, You Got It. The whole EP, matter of fact, the whole um, Rat EP was Mickey Rat songs. That okay. Except for You Think You're Tough, which Robin and I wrote, uh, one of the first songs we wrote. Okay. But, yeah, it was primarily uh, my stuff. And, you know, it, 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 it depends. Like the last record, I had a few. Two riffs on and stuff like that but I, my job is usually just to take their riffs and you know help arrange it and um you know add my two cents and then do the lyrics mm-hmm. hi this is george lynch from Dawkins and you're listening to iron city rocks
0: now one of the songs that obviously jump off the record i think for anybody who's followed your career is son of scary um i guess the, the obvious question is why now what what kind of prompted you to v- revisit that all these years later?
3: Uh, well, I, you know, back in the Duncan days, I was a big champion of, you know, all for one, one for all. It was really about equitable, equitable splits. And that was really the struggle, the internal struggle with the band. And I was basically the mouthpiece and the pushback to Don, who wanted the lion's share of everything for all the wrong reasons. And, uh, and, uh, I was really the one sort of, you know, the, the biggest proponent of keeping things equal. And, uh, so, you know, I wrote scary, obviously I wrote it myself, but they, you know, being that kind of guy, I said, well, you know, we all share in this because, you know, we all contribute in our own way and it's what, well, you know, I don't want to have one guy drive up in a Ferrari and another guy drive up in a, in a Yugo and start having resentment on stage and then all the stuff starts
4: happening, sure. you,
3: know, you know, bad feelings and then jealousy and greed and all these things enter into it. We're a family and we're friends, so let's keep things on an even playing field and, Uh, that came back to bite me in the ass because (laughs) I didn't realize when I did that that I was giving up control of the songs as well. Yeah. And so when Guitar Hero approached me a few years ago and wanted to add that song to Guitar Hero, um, everybody was fine with it. We would have split up the money, you know, quarter splits to all four guys. Mm -hmm. Uh, But uh, Don and his camp, meaning his lawyer who was actually his guitar player, decided to inundate Guitar Hero's legal department with all this... uh, noise. yowch, uh, and scared guitar player away. Uh, and the eleven Tower, they just said this is getting too ugly. Uh, we can't touch this. And that was their point. That's what they, they, they didn't really have a leg to stand on and they would have benefited from it, but they didn't want Don really doesn't want to see me benefit from anything. If he can prevent it he will, even if it costs him money. Mm-hmm. So uh, that sort of angered me. So I, I well I, that kind of goes against everything I believe in, so I'm gonna just rewrite the song. And uh, which I did with Fred Curry, Mm -hmm. Uh, and we wrote "Kinda Scary," and uh, and uh, the irony is that that after we finished that uh, guitar hero had gone out of business.
0: Album kill all control that was george lynch with son of scary now i'm going to give you my pick for blues album and blues song of the year Uh, earlier in the year uh, johnny winter living blues legend came to pittsburgh to play the uh, pittsburgh blues festival and eric had a chance to talk to him and i'm going to give his uh, 2011 release roots my nod for the album of the year it was an album that featured johnny along with many uh, guest performers including the likes of susan tajewski vince gill Uh, and one of my all-time favorite players, Warren Haynes. So the album Roots, and I'm going to give a song from that album, my pick for song of the year, Done Somebody Wrong, which features Johnny Winter and my man Warren Haynes. So here's just a little taste of that.
1: Hi, this is Johnny Winter. You're listening to
5: Iron City Rocks. (laughs)
4: To death somebody wrong Everything that happened You know I am to blame Everything that happened You know I am to blame Gonna find myself a doctor Maybe by local chain My mother told me this day would surely come I had to have my fun The bell is torn My baby's caught that train and gone It's all my fault I must have did somebody wrong Yeah Hi, this is Captain Sig
1: Hansen from The Deadliest Catch
2: And you're listening to Iron City Rocks Hey, this is Chris Roderick of Megadeth And you're listening to Iron City Rocks
0: all right, folks, we're here at the Mayhem Festival 2011 with Chris Broder from Megadeth. How you doing, Chris? Good. I'm doing really well. Great. How's the tour going so far? It's going awesome.
2: It's uh, It's been a whirlwind uh, experience because uh, not only did we come into the Mayhem tour, but we came right off the hills of uh, five Big Four shows. Mm-hmm. And we actually did our last Big Four show in France. And okay. then we drove four hours to Frankfurt, flew from Frankfurt to San uh, Saint, uh San Francisco okay. to make a show the next day so it's just been I mean it, it's almost when you get moving on a roll like that that, that the days
0: roll into each other yeah. so quickly you know yeah it, it's almost I would say it's almost been like that since you joined Megadeth it seems like you guys have really, very little you know you're with Slayer you're doing the Big Four you guys did the Rust in Peace shows
2: yeah it definitely picked up the last couple of years that's for Yeah. Sure.
0: How was the big four experience? I mean, coming in as you know, I don't want to say new guy in the band.
2: Unbelievable! Yeah, I mean, it, you know, it's it, it sounds like the cliche answer, but it's mm-hmm. the uh, it's the truthful answer. Yeah. you know, it's it's uh, a dream realized in a way to see that many fans uh, going to see you perform.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: Hey
1: everybody, this is John Petrucci from Dream Theater. You're listening to Iron City Rocks. I have to ask any. Chance down the road, obviously not immediately, but uh, doing a follow-up standard animation. You know, thanks thanks for asking about that. You know, I, I, I had a lot of fun doing that record. I, I kind of did it in my leisure. Um, it was inspired at the time from, you know, by my being on tour with G3 and stuff. And I realize it's been some time now. It's uh, I think that was 2005 I released that. Yeah. Do you have material? Yeah, I, I do have a material for a follow-up. Um and I have demoed some of the songs, and it 's now it's just a matter of t- of uh you know finding the time that pocket of time to uh to go in and record it you know so yes i I, I will do a follow up just a matter of um, finding the time to do it.
0: All right, and that's going to lead me to my pick for the Heavy Metal Album of the Year. And it's hard to even call it necessarily Heavy Metal. Uh, there's such a prog and even melodic rock influence on the album, but I'm going to give the nod to Black Clouds and Silver Linings from Dream Theater. And as I mentioned in the interview, and you can go back and listen to it if you like, the one I did with John Petrucci, the first time I listened to it, I didn't think anything of it. I was literally, I um, listened to it and I was kind of like, eh. Uh, the second time? I was like, hmm, it's pretty good. Third time, really started to take root in my brain, and now I have to give it a giant thumbs up. It's an album that really, really grows on you. I think the addition of Mike Mangini uh, was was an excellent pick. Uh, if you've got to replace Mike Portnoy, why not do it with Mike Mangini? I don't think they really uh, skipped a beat at all. Uh, and I think they proved a lot of people wrong. I think a lot of people thought that with Mike Portnoy, sort of the creative and the promoting and the marketing uh, that he did with the band, uh, that they'd be lost without him, but uh, they were certainly not. So have to recommend that album thoroughly, and we'll get to my pick for the metal song of the year very, very soon.
3: Hey, this is DJ Ashford from Guns N' Roses at 6 a.m., and you're listening to Iron City Rocks.
2: What's up, everybody? is JD from Black Label Society and Cycle of Pain, and you're listening
4: to Iron City Rocks.
3: What's up, everybody? This is Nick Katniss from Black Label Society, and you're listening
5: to Iron City Rocks. Hello, this is Tony Iommi from Black Sabbath and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Yeah, well, I mean, all this started 20 odd years ago when Mm -hmm. we did a a project for Armenia for the earthquake disaster. And there was quite a lot of us did. uh, Some recovered smoke on the water and there was Mm -hmm. Richard Blackmore and uh, Ian and Paul Rogers and Bruce Dickinson Brian May. I mean, there's a whole bunch of us, Dave Gilmore. Mm -hmm. And we read we've really on the Water and then it turns out that sort of 20 years later that they they want to award Ian myself and Brian May uh, the Order of uh, Honour which is like the biggest award you can get it's a presidential award mm-hmm. and they asked us if we go to Armenia to receive it from the president so w- we did and Ian, Ian and myself went over We're, and Pat Cash as well he came the tennis player and um, they presented us with this, which was, was great. And, and they took us round and showed us what the money brought, you know, mm. for the for the disaster. And Ian and myself talked about doing something else. They took us to a school, which was a, a music school, which was absolutely awful. I mean, it was so damp and just like a shed. And the young kids there, their instruments were really tatty, and they got them into play. And but they were really happy in trying to play, and they were playing good. So we decided to try and do something about it, and, and, and raise some money, and, and do a, The only way we could do it was to put write, write a song and, and and put the money to the to building a new school for them, which we did. And uh, that's on the way now. That's we've had all the plans, and that's really being being built now. Yeah, but the idea of that was, as I say, to do um, it, and it was great for us to work together again.
0: Yeah, that was going to be my next question. How was it working with Ian after all these
5: years? Fantastic, absolutely. Ian came came to stay at my house for a few days, and I played him some riffs, and we just built the songs up, and then we had Nico play drums on it, and John Lord, and it was a, it was a, it was a great. I really really enjoyed it. It was great because I've never actually played with John Lord before.
0: Wow, yeah, that's 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 wonderful to get a chance to you know that opportunity to play with John, such a phenomenal choreographer oh, and keyboard player.
5: Fantastic player,
0: yeah, fantastic.
5: Yeah. And, and, and I really enjoyed it. Nick, I was great, and it was all just really enthused. Everybody was so enthusiastic. It yeah. Was really good. Yeah, that's that's
0: great. So,
5: and we've talked about, you know, maybe doing something else at some point. I mean, Ian at the moment is busy with Purple. Sure. Yeah. down the line, I think we'll end up doing something. Yeah.
0: Old. Deep Purple seems to be the band that doesn't stop at all. You no, know,
5: don't. He's constantly touring.
0: Yeah. I mean, other than his hair is a little shorter and maybe a little thinner than it was, Ian he hasn't missed a beat in 35 years easily. So it's phenomenal yeah. to see that. So, again, your book is Iron Man... Um, My Journey Through Heaven and Hell with Black Sabbath. Uh, It's released today, November 1st. Uh, You can get it everywhere, uh, I'm sure, by now. And uh, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show with us today, Tony. Thank you very much.
2: Hi, this is Joe Satriani, and you're listening to Iron City Rock. Hey, this is Red Beach from Whitesnake, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks.
3: Hey, this is Inge J. Malmsteen, and you are listening to Iron City Rocks. Hi there, this is Ricky Faulkner from Judas Priest, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks.
0: What happened prior to May of 2011 that kind of got you on their radar, and, and, um, you know, did you go in for an audition, or what what was that experience like?
3: Well, it was a mutual friend, really, that put, uh, put them up to me. Uh, it was a guy that I played with a, a few years back called Pete Friesen and he used to play with Alice Cooper and mm-hmm. we used to play in a cover, cover band together and we used to play three songs you see so uh, they they, were, uh, they contacted him uh, and asked him if, if he was interested and he had you know for one reason or another he, he couldn't do it so they asked him if he could recommend anyone and uh, he said he, he put them on to me uh, and they called me up and uh, they they called me actually, and they sent me a couple of emails, but I thought they were junk mail, <laughs> so I deleted the mail. And you know what I mean? It was just yeah. a crazy situation. It was a bit of a joke, or someone was playing a trick. But it wasn't. And I went up to I went up to Glenn's house to you know that week. Met Glenn, met Rob. I took my guitar. They wanted to hear me play a few songs, and that's what I did. And uh, then they sent me a few songs that they they were going kind to of incorporate in the set, and they wanted to hear what I'd do with those songs. So I, I recorded those solos and sent them back, and they called me. They called me a week later and invited me back up to Glenn's house, um, and they said the gig's yours if you want it, you know. And I was, you know they said, "Do you want it?" <laughs> I yeah. said, "Yes, yeah, of course." You know, it's just a, an amazing. It was it was great just to be considered for the position. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Let alone, let alone to get get the job, it was just incredible.
0: Yeah. Now, the experience of, of May 25th when, when you made your debut, because I mean, you 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 guys kind of picked the biggest stage probably in America to kind of make your debut with the band. I mean, I I can't think of a way other than maybe the Super Bowl uh, to make a bigger bang on TV than performing on American Idol. Um, Can you kind of walk us through that day? Like what was going through your head? Well,
3: you're absolutely right. I think it was great um, introducing me, introducing, you know, the band's tour Mm. over the next few months, and flying the flag, they've always been pioneers and they've always flying the flag for British metal, is, mm-hmm. you know, what, I, what I've known, you know, as a fan. And I thought that was a great opportunity to do it. And again, it was my first show with a band in front of 30 million people. <laughs> um, and it was just incredible to see, it. you know, you're normally used to seeing it on TV. And you yeah. were standing there in the wings and Steven Tyler walks past and Jennifer Lopez walked apart. You know what I mean? So it's like someone's going to pinch me and I'm going to wake up in a minute. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, um, it was just a great experience. It was great to actually get on stage with a band and and then and we worked from there, really. But it was a great showcase in, in many Absolutely. ways. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And I mean, a great opportunity for the band to bring metal into the American households, you know. Hey, what's happening? This is Jerry Dixon and I'm a rockaholic and you are listening to Iron City Rocks. Thank you very much. Great. it up.
0: question. You, you and Eric are, are, one of the two original members of the band. How did you guys kind of meet up back in the day?
3: Uh, we met at the world famous troubadour. Actually. Okay. I was a, yeah, I was 16 and I was actually there doing a, uh, doing my first show. With okay. A, with a band, uh, at the time, the guys in the band were like 21 years old, like, mm-hmm. God, they were so old for me. And, uh, anyways, Eric's band was, uh, on after us. And, uh, I saw them and they were all like, you know, my age and they were just great. And I, I uh, ended up there was an after party and, uh, I just kind of went up to him and said, Hey man, your bass player is horrible. I need <laughs> to be in this band. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I guess the guy was just filling in or something. And, uh, you know, a couple days later we got together and uh, the baby warrant was born.
0: Yeah, now did you guys, um, you guys kind of, everyone else kind of matriculated into the band. Steven joined shortly thereafter. And um, how did uh, Janie come to be in the band? I mean, he was from uh, our neck of the woods near Pittsburgh and actually from Akron, Ohio, originally. How did you guys meet up with him?
3: Well, he was with Stephen. They were both from Ohio. Okay. And uh, we, at that time, we actually needed, we were looking for a, a singer and a drummer. There and, you. uh And it just so happened that yeah, it was kind of a package deal.
0: Yeah, now you guys um, had pretty, uh, I mean, uh, for, from all, those of us all looking on the outside, it seemed like overnight success. I remember uh, when the video for Down Boys broke and uh, you guys went from, being kind of unheard of to being everywhere. Was it that quick in, in your mind, or, or was there a lot of growing pains that we didn't get to see?
3: Well, I, I think once it kind of hit, that video hit, you know, things, you know, up to that point, you know, it took a long time. We were, that our record didn't come out until 1989. Okay. Which, which is, was really almost missing the whole boat. Um, yeah. The you know, band you know, like Motley was out in like '83 or '84. Poison was signed in '84. dozen and Roses. So, you know, we were, you know, we we were like the last band in that era mm-hmm. to finally, you know, get signed. And you know, we had worked on getting that deal and and making that record for. Yeah, uh, you know, I think we were together about maybe five years, so okay. You know, it, it didn't just happen in, you know, one foul slew, that's the theory. It wasn't
0: quite what they uh, led everyone uh, to believe. Yeah, I remember having a conversation with Red Beach of Winger, and he had said almost the exact same thing you just said. We were just a little too late to the party, you know. If they'd come a couple of years earlier, they could have been, you know, living in mansions to this day. Like, uh, unfortunately, a lot of the guys that got in, like, in 84 and 85, uh, you know, enjoyed a lot yeah. more success.
3: Yeah, they, uh, you know, those were kind of some prime, prime years to, to be doing, you know, to be putting out records. So, yeah, Winger, they were, I think they were like a little bit before us, but, uh. Yeah, it's kind of split in half. Yeah, and then we didn't have much time, you know, till Nirvana came out and, uh, crushed the, crushed our scene. <laughs> yeah.
6: <laughs> Helped start it, you know? Yeah. Um, which is, you know, great band anyways. But. Yo, what's up? This is Frank Bello from Anthrax, and you are listening to Iron City Rocks. Turn it up! Now, so how, how's the tour How's the tour been going as far as just how's the okay. new material being received, you know? Oh, it's, it's just great. We've had, we've had nothing but um, just blast the shows. We're playing, actually, uh, a bunch of new songs from the new record also, so we're having the catalog... Uh, that we do. We, we're mixing in every night. We're mixing in just different songs that we have from our catalog and just surprising people. And it's kind of fun to see the people's faces. It's, it's really a lot of fun right now. And that was actually be one of my questions. What can people expect from the set list? So you guys are playing a lot of material off worship music. Yeah. I mean, quite honestly, the thing is, expect unexpected from us. Uh, I, that's what I want. I mean, for me, as a fan of this music, I, I don't want to see the same set list every, every night either. So it's nice. And when we go to the encores and stuff, we just play different songs. And, you know, you have your standards. You have to play them because people will get mad if you don't play them. Um, and that's fine because I want to play those songs too. But uh, it is nice to mix it around. So, and, and going into the catalog, how about this one tonight? How about this? And, you know, it's just kind of cool. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, and you guys have such the back catalog too. I mean, you have... So many classic songs. It's got to be hard to pick a setlist for you guys at this point. It is, but you know what? At the end of the day, uh, you know it works and what doesn't. And sometimes we'll pick out something that it just that you just really forget how good playing it was. It was just just a lot of fun playing. Like cause we played this, we put out a song NFL the other night, which we haven't played in a while, and. It just felt so good to play the song. You know, it just it brought back a lot of memories, and to see the people's faces, they were raging on it. It was it's just a lot of fun it, for both, it's the band and the and the fans. So it really worked out well. Oh man, and I love that song. So I, I can't wait to see you guys come through Pittsburgh. Maybe um, oh, and the Pittsburgh fans will get a taste of that one. Yeah, yeah, I'm dude, I and mean, we haven't we haven't been around in a while, so it's for us, it's our pleasure. It's really a lot of fun to see, to say hello again, and uh, and just on this show specifically, it's just a really good vibe. So let's talk about you as a bass player here for a little bit. At um, at what age did you start picking up the bass guitar? I say around twelve, thirteen years old. I mean, it's 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 been a really good run. Uh, I, I and if, if, quite honestly, just as a bass player, I mean, not even a songwriter. I love bass more now, and I'm more interested in learning more about the bass now and uh, after all these years than ever I just found a whole new um thing a whole way of playing that i wanna learn and uh it just it just i love learning and every day i I'll go to youtube I'll, I'll check out some you know some james jameson stuff and or just any different players that I see wow, that sounds cool check that out. I just found it really interesting so it it's it hasn't stopped it's like a it's a burning in my belly, you know. That's fantastic. Now I was actually going to ask what were who some of your influences were. So I guess now you seem to be going back more to the classic roots, but when you were 13 yeah. first picking up the bass, who influenced you the most? Oh, that's that's uh, you know, I have <laughs> the Getty Lee, thing, uh, Steve Harris thing and uh Geezer Butler. Those those are my top 3. Those are my heroes uh, always. I mean, and then we mm-hmm. would just go on I mean, I, I also love um, Tom Peterson from Cheap Trick, just his bass sound. I always thought he had a piano-like bass sound, so I kind of try to emulate that with anthrax and, and putting that to cut through the, the heavy guitars with the sounds. So it's kind of like, that's in my head a little bit there, too, but, uh, you know, I'm just i I'm just really into bass, people that actually play bass and just really enjoy it, you know. You can always tell Don Edge Whistle, John Paul Jones, you know, I mean, Jaco Pastore, you can go anywhere, it's as I got older, I, I just started learning from different
2: people. Hey, what's up? This is Rob Cajano from
0: Anthrax, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Fired up. All right, it's time to get to my metal pick of the year. From worship music. Anthrax with the devil you know. Anthrax with my pick for metal song of the year from the album Worship Music. I want to thank you for checking out this episode of Iron City Rocks. This look back at the year 2011. uh, We had a lot of great guests. We were blessed to talk to a lot of uh, really interesting people. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I want to thank Aaron and Eric for their contributions to the show. Also, I want to invite you to check out our website, ironcityrocks.com, or go to facebook.com forward slash ironcityrocks, and we're also on Twitter at ironcityrocks i uh, really like to interact with you also. Please take a time and do that. would appreciate any and all feedback uh, at ironcityrocks at gmail.com and deeply appreciate any feedback you can give us on iTunes. Uh, that really helps the show uh, progress. And also, I want to take a moment to talk about the Cast Iron Ring, which was formed 11-11 uh, of 2011, which is a... Uh, Sort of a group, a network, uh, call it a ring, if you will, of podcasts uh, devoted to metal and hard rock and uh, all the good stuff like that. So we've got Focus on Metal, Radioactive Metal, Signal to Noise, uh, and some new shows just added to the ring, The Metal Detector, which features Dario Psycho, who has uh, joined us on this program in 2011, and also two other new shows, Bob Now in who is a name that's been around podcasting for a long time. Uh, He's brought his Shockwaves Hard Radio and Shockwave Skull sessions to the ring as well. Uh, we are currently looking at adding some more shows. So if you go to castironring.com, you can find all these shows in one place. You can find all the new episodes in one place. Uh, we're on Facebook and Twitter and such with that as well. So castironring.com or go to ironcityrocks.com and follow the link. Also, want to remind you that there are just a few fleeting hours left. You have till December 15th to vote for the Iron City Rocks pittsburgh music awards and hall of fame Uh, if you go to facebook.com forward slash iron city rocks like us if you don't already Uh, and there's a link uh, down the side of pages for the uh, voting process one vote per email please but hey who doesn't have more than one email so check that out as well and also very very pleased to announce that we will be sponsoring a show coming to pittsburgh uh, pennsylvania the altar bar specifically on february 2nd of 2012 It will feature Uli John Roth, who is a name that uh, many of you uh, metalheads probably recognize. He was a guitarist of the Scorpions way back when. Uh, He will be coming to Alter Bar and also on the bill that night, Leslie West of the band Mountain. I'm sure all of you know the song Mississippi Queen. And another podcast veteran will be joining that bill as well, local uh, guitar slinger Xander Demos, who was featured in an interview earlier this year. So you get all three of those guys for, I think, a whopping $17.00. So if you go to uh, IronCityRocks.com or go to DrewSkiEntertainment.com, you can get tickets for that or for the altar bar. So for those of you who are saying the ticket prices are getting out of hand, here's a chance to see uh, three really hot guitars one night for 17 bucks. So it's just like going back in the 80s. So I want to thank you for uh, checking the show out, and uh, hope you come back and join us again in 2012.